Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, November 29th, and we all are watching the markets, aren't we? Big, huge update yesterday. And today, actually, I thought it was a pretty good day in view of the fact that the move yesterday was, what, 600 points on the Dow? So it's been a very interesting week in the market. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. So what is your daily objective to make you above, above average investing? What, that's mine. I want to be a better uh, investor, and I want to teach people how to do it. But is that your objective? I hope so. If you listen to the show, because that's what we're trying to do. You know, it's always, uh, we always try to offer Justin and I unbiased opinions, clear, straightforward answers, try not to be ambiguous or, or, you know, give you answers that are so complex that you can't understand them. And along the way, we're just trying to upgrade everybody's knowledge base. That's all. The more knowledge you have, the better decisions you can make. And we do this by you asking questions, investment questions. And you can do that by going through Invest Talk. You can call our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. It's open right now. <clears throat> okay, we're finally getting rain here. Finally. Been, what, six, eight, nine months? I don't know. And we're supposed to have another storm actually coming again in a couple days. So we're pretty happy about that. Rain. Not snow or anything. We never get that. But rain. Very pleasant. Um, did you see that the Fed signaled, uh, and this is why the market moved yesterday, I mentioned it yesterday, they moved that there might be moving slower to avoid a crash landing in the market. Eh, we'll see. I'm not convinced that they are. They are convinced that they should move slower. They might be just saying that to calm the market because it's not been very happy. Uh, and you know, there's a G20 coming up. Big G20 with uh, uh, meeting with, uh, and then there's going to be China, Xi, Mr. Xi, and Mr. Trump, President Trump, are going to meet. And that is a big hangover, that trade dispute. Big hangover over the market. So you have the interest rates and that. Really the two biggest things hanging over the market. So with the Fed signaling that they might slow down, their interest rate raising ways. Do you think that we'll have a finally a Santa Claus rally? I don't know. I don't know if I believe them. Remember in December they're meeting, the Federal Reserve is meeting, and they're going to raise the rates most likely then. And other developments. Did you see uh, Deutsche Bank, the largest bank in Europe, was raided by the authorities? Raided. The allegations that Deutsche Bank, symbols DB, is being used as a money laundering bank. That's going to be a big problem for them. And Deutsche Bank is huge, by the way. It's not a small bank. And Deutsche Bank out of Germany, uh, since it's out of Germany, also out of Germany is an antitrust probe against Amazon. Interesting. We'll talk about that more. 
Now, of course, we all have we of course we have a broad range of listeners and compromising various age, comprising of various age groups here at Investoc. So today, I've got a story about first-time buyers, like millennials. Remember, they've been out of the housing market for some time. You know, they've been finding good jobs, but can they find affordable homes? But before we get into all that, how about if we take a call and from our anytime listener line number eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, my name is Brian. I'm calling from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I listen to you guys on podcast every day. My question is about ADRs and ETFs that follow uh, foreign stock exchanges. As the uh, stock exchanges fluctuate overseas after hours, what causes those funds as they're traded during our hours to fluctuate? Thanks for answering my question. ADRs uh, is American Depository Receipts. Those are foreign stocks traded on our exchange. Now, they're also traded on foreign exchanges, wherever they are domesticated, but they're also traded on our exchange. And, there's, of course, they could be open or closed during our open close during the hours. They have different hours. Uh, ETFs or mutual funds could buy foreign stocks either through ADRs or they can buy on the market overseas. You know, they can buy directly over there. They can move over there and buy it in their currencies. So what would make them fluctuate? Well, currencies fluctuation could make them fluctuate. Just the fact that our currency gets stronger or weaker against whatever foreign currency that the uh, uh, the foreign company operates in. You know, Europe, of course, would be e, uh, the, the, uh, the euro. Japan would be, you know, the Japanese yen. And, of course, China would be the the yuan, or yuan, or whatever you want to call it. So, it, and actually, China has two currencies. They also have the Hong Kong dollar. So, it could be either one. So, what will affect it? Well, you know, obviously, currency exchange can affect it. And if the price in, let's say, the, let's say we're talking about Deutsche Bank, who is domiciled in Germany. They're also an ADR in the United States. So you can buy them in either place. So let's say Deutsche Bank, bad news comes out and Deutsche Bank, the stock opens up there really down and we're not open yet. Well, the very next, the, the, by the time we open, we'll, that first trade is going to reflect that bad news out of Germany, the very first trade. So you would have had a gap down overnight. That's how it affects it. it what happens in its domestic market will be reflected in ADR here. Okay, that's how those things work. It's not a simple thing, by the way. I, I did summarize it, make it simple, but it's not that simple. But, anyways. Today's main talking point. The big trade face-off, and that's President Trump and Chinese leader Xi. And what each of them plan are trying to get out of the G20 summit talks. Now, during the G20 summit talks, Nothing really happens, if you want my opinion, but there's meetings, and there's going to be a meeting between President Trump and Xi. And what do you think they each want? We'll talk about that a little bit. Also, uh, five retailer tricks to avoid this holiday shopping season. Uh, did Powell, when that, and that's going to be a talking point, and did Powell's, did he light the fuse for a year in rally? That's all on a market watch. And have you seen, have you read this book by an author in New York, Professor, New York University professor Jonathan Heidi about about overparenting in America. 
He's, his book says that overparenting in America has created a generation of snowflakes. And he has a very interesting theory that I thought I'd share it with you. And it's interesting. That's why I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> Anyways. Um, finally, um, the economy did grow 3.5%. You know, I don't know if you saw that report, the revised second, third quarter GDP. What? Well, the, they revised it, but they didn't change anything. It's still 3.5%. That's what it was initially. So, uh, corporate profits at a six-year high. Six-year high. What does that tell you as an investor? What If you listen to the show any length of time, <laughs> if corporate profits at a six-year high, what do you think that should result in what 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 should the market look at that and do what and that's what we're going to talk about today that's what i want to talk about the market was uh down today where's my numbers where's my numbers here they where are my numbers uh the market was dow down 28 the nasdaq down 19 and the s&p down six and i think that's a pretty good result frankly after yesterday's big move up um, does this mean the market's going to rally? Uh, first of all, no one can predict that, number one. Second of all, it means absolutely nothing as far as is the market going to rally. I think technically, technically speaking, and I talked about technicals a little bit today on today's uh, Invest Talk uh, Academy, the, the class. Technically speaking, the market rallied three days in a row, then not today. But looking at that, it did recover the 200-day moving average on the Dow. But that's still, still down from its high made in October, just before the crash, before the correction. And then the rebound from that correction in early November, the, the, this is, after three days of rally, it's only half, about halfway up there. So the market is still in a short-term downtrend. Long-term, you have to say, is still bullish. But short term, we're showing some some correction. We're still in that correction mode. Okay? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We're headed into a quick one minute break. And then on the other side, I'll reveal the best cities for jobs and housing for millennials. And I'm taking your questions. You can call right now, 888 99 Chart. As an investor, you witnessed the volatility of October and November. And now in the final trading weeks of 2018, there could be more surprises. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are using a balanced portfolio strategy. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, we found this story um, um, that we're going to talk about here on MarketWatch.com. And I don't know if everybody knows this, but MarketWatch.com is a Wall Street Journal uh, website. So they get that a lot of articles are you know from Wall Street Journal. Now, this is a recent report that revealed that one in six millennials have over $100,000 in savings. $100,000, that's pretty good. There's also other research indicating that, you know, a vast majority of millennials are turning toward renting and houses and apartments and condos as opposed to buying them. And that's been going on for a while. 
Why, though? Is it because home prices are increasing? So renting is more convenient or cheaper? Uh, and that's not necessarily so. It really isn't. Yeah, not anymore because rents have been going up sharply. So it's not necessarily so. And of course, it all comes down to location. So, and millennials are on the move, by the way. They're always looking for better job prospects. And so they'll move the cost country. They'll move to wherever they want. They don't, you know, they haven't really sunk family roots down yet. So now for some of the best cities for jobs and housing for millennials are like Fort Worth, Texas, Jacksonville, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Grand Rapids, Wyoming, or I don't know why they would want to move to Michigan, but Oklahoma City, um, there's jobs prospects and millennials are moving about. And this may be why they just don't want to put down roots. But it also might be related to the article that I might be getting to later, hopefully, about um, overparenting, which started in the 1990s, maybe in 1980s, but 1990s. So if 1990 to 2018 is 28 years old, that's that millennials are in their late 20s, early 30s. So maybe it might be related because it's kind of interesting what they're saying. I don't know. Millennials are doing things just a little slower. Let's see. We'll see. Um, I'll wrap up this story. Millennial generation member or not, and assuming that you already have good credit and a good job, you can, can likely find an affordable house in your area if you use common sense and taxes. And one of the big things I tell people, consider fixer-uppers. Don't buy new. Buy something that's in a really good neighborhood, but it's kind of dilapidated. You know, consider foreclosed properties. They're usually pretty beat up, but you can get a great great deal. And don't overspend. Don't over, you don't need a big house when you're first starting out. Don't, don't, don't overspend. Don't put yourself on a hole that you have very difficult getting out of. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. I put a class on today called uh, Leading Economic Indicators. It's a, I think it's a pretty useful tool for you, for any serious investor. And you can learn more about it at investtalkacademy.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to our fan, Raphael, in New Jersey. How you doing, Raphael? Hi, Steve. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. I am. I appreciate you. Appreciate the comment. Thank you. Sorry, I'm getting a little interference here. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine. Hello. Oh, there you go. Yes. Hey, Steve. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for Best Talk Academy. I got it on the early bird special. I'm blown away. Fantastic. Oh, good. 
Great. Thank you. Yep. Uh, all right. So Justin said something the other day. It really got me thinking. Um, I, I was calling about some, some, some cheap chip stocks, and he said that uh-huh. um, now in the, in, the, in the cycle, this is when a lot of stocks seem cheap, but they really aren't. Yes. So I've been thinking yes. about like, for instance, looking at Micron at a P.E. of three, both trailing and. Uh-huh. Oh, you're breaking. You're, you are breaking up. What, I, what I'm wondering, Steve. So. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What I'm wondering is because the, the stocks have already pulled back so much and they're at very uh-huh. small multiples, would that mean that yes. in a full-on recession, the stocks would not go down as much? Okay, that is really an excellent question. Okay, so what Raphael's talking about, he was at the class, and, you know, we're talking about valuations. And, you know, when you look at stocks and you say, oh, man, that's cheap because the earnings are very good and the PE is really low, and this happens, this is happening to a lot of the chip stocks, okay, a lot of them. So their PE is really low because the E part is high and the price of stock has been coming down. It's the flip of what it was six months ago. Where the there was uh, the the PE was pretty high, and uh, you know the stock was at a pretty high price. Now it's flipped. What happens is, is remember, Raphael, everything is looking forward. So what's happening is, as investors are thinking that the chip stocks are at the top of the cycle of their cycle, and therefore you don't want to be a buyer of them. The top of the cycle meaning. They're, they've peaked in their sales. They've peaked in their profits. And they then sell them, sell those stocks. The stock goes down, and it looks really cheap. The problem is, is now the earnings are going to start falling sharply because the chip cycle is already peaked. So what happens is, is your PE is not going to go down any further. It even might, it might go up because the price... The earnings are still decent, but the price might still continue to fall. So you, you really got to look at the cycle of, of everything that's out there, different cycles. In chip cycle, right now, you're looking at uh, you're looking at the top of the cycle that's already peaked and investors are selling. So if you start buying them now because you see a 3 or 5 or 10 PE, you know, you're going to say, well, I'm buying it cheap. And you're asking, well, won't it not go down anymore? And the answer is it will go down further. If the economy starts to suffer, all stocks will go down further, further. And since the chip cycle sales, chip sell cycle is, is peaking, at least that's what the, the common uh, opinion is out there. Then you're not going to have they, you're not going to have bargains that you think you're having, because the sales are going to go down. Now drive the PE ratio higher, because sales are going down, the earnings are going down. Okay, so you 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 still could have the stock fall. So be very very careful. This is too late in the cycle to consider them, Raphael. I really think you should stay away. Let's go to Art Menlo Park. How you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you? I'm good, and I appreciate I the call. I just had a question on uh, paying off the um, your mortgage uh, early. 
I was wondering what the best yes. way to do that, because I've heard that uh, okay. if you make an extra payment per year, you'll drop down to like eight years. Like, let's say if you go bi weekly, and uh-huh. uh, I was wondering if that would be better than, uh, like, let's say uh, spreading it over 12 months, or maybe two or three lump, it- lump sum payments of like, you know, two or three hundred dollars towards your mortgage. Um, okay. But then, You'll you'll pay more on the front end versus near the end of the year. Yes, paying extra on a mortgage, everybody. If you have a thirty-year fix or even a fifteen-year fix, paying extra every month or every quarter or whatever. And he's and Art is asking, well, what's better to pay it on a monthly extra every month or pay a lump sum every so often or maybe pay, you know, more on a quarterly basis? It is best Art to pay monthly. Why? Because Every dime that you put into uh, the mortgage that's extra, every dime brings the mortgage down. So the sooner you bring it down, the sooner you do, the faster you eat into the principal with your regular monthly payment. So you want to do it up front if you can, as much as you can. But most people can't pay a big chunk up front. That's why they, you know that's why they have a mortgage. So it's better to pay extra every month and try to keep that up. And that will reduce your ultimate payout over the length of the mortgage. And it'll make the mortgage much shorter. It won't be 30 years or 15 years. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, investors experience a strong dose of optimism on Wednesday, hearing from the Fed Chairman Powell. So does that mean, he remember he said he thinks the rates are near neutral. So does that mean we're going to have a rally? But we'll talk about that more. I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Have you visited InvestTalkAcademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro. 
because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tom from Kentucky. How you doing, Tom? Hey, I'm great, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I got a question about Home Depot, symbol HD. Um, I know it's not quite its 52-week low, but it's not far off, and it's way off its high. I was just wondering what you thought was a good place. I'm bad about doing two things, catching a falling knife, and then watching something hit a bottom, and then mm-hmm. not not timing it well enough to catch it near that bottom and watching it. Okay. Rise and then feel like I missed out on the recovery. So I'm trying not to do that. I wanted Home Depot for a long time, and I'm trying to temper that and be responsible. But I've almost bought it a couple of times, and now it looks like it's on the rise, really, and it's going to dip below 170. I was wondering what you thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at Home Depot. We'll look at the fundamentals first, and then I'll look at a chart, Tom. Uh, it operates 2,284 Home Depot stores. I'm, most people are familiar with it across the nation. Um, it is a very solid company. Uh, does not, you know, it has always been a pretty solid company. It's 198 billion dollars, so it's really huge. They're going to make nine dollars and eighty cents this year. They're going to make ten dollars and twenty nine cents next year. At least that's what their estimate is. It's a 175 dollar stock, so it's about a 17 or uh, 18 PE. And for Home Depot, the lowest it's ever been is about 18 in the last five years. And it has a really high return on equity, which is good. But it also borrows a lot. It's a lot of debt. That's the big danger with Home Depot. They have a lot of debt. <clears throat> They're growing their sales by 5 6% a year. And, uh, you know, people are going to start to think that because it's at the low end of its range at 18 of the five-year range it's been in, that maybe it's a bargain. And it's not necessarily a bargain, but on a chart, it kind of holds at about $170. It it went down to about $167 here recently, but bounced and it went to the last correction. It went to about $170 and went up to $212 from there. This mark technically would be a good buy point because it hit a double bottom and it bounced, and it's a good time of the year. So this is where you would be a buyer, right? Where it is, about $175. Now, if you did that, Mark, if you did that, if it fell below $167, I would get out, because then it broke its support, and we don't know where it's going to go, how far down. So you could be a buyer here, and then hopefully it goes back above 200 because that's where it's done that twice now this year. And I would be, this would be the buy point. Okay. Now, is it cheap? That was kind of your second question. The PE ratio for Home Depot low has been around 18 the last five years. That's as low as it's been. But you also have to remember we've been in a bull market for the last five years. If we move into a recession late next year, or anytime next year or the year after, the stock will go down further. The P.E. ratio of 18, because the long-term average P.E. ratio of the market is about 15, and that's about what Home Depot should have on a long-term average. But 
if we go in a recession, the PE will go down. You know, the, the, the E will go down, the earnings. So the stock price could go down as well. But I think it's a good point to buy right now. I do. Just make sure you have that stop in. If it drops below 167, you know, you don't want to take a big loss on it because the market's acting pretty, not very well. Okay, Mark? Appreciate the call. That's Home Depot, everybody. H-D. H-D. Home Depot. 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. You can give a call right now. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and go talk to uh, Mark in New York. How you doing, Mark? Uh, Hi. uh, Thank you. Hey, actually, I called to see... October crash. Did anybody foresee that? But while I was waiting, I was thinking about a stock, UPS. What do you think about this stock, UPS? Uh, closed at one thirteen today. Uh-huh. Is, is it going to go up? Uh, I don't know uh, to one thirty or something because of holidays, and whatnot. Okay, let's look at UPS, United Parcel Services, uh, and is the stock market going to crash? No one really knows that. Did anybody foresee that October would have a crash? If you were listening to the radio, I said the stock market usually bottoms in October. And that's very common. And then rallies from there to the end of the year. So far, we're not having that rally. So did I foresee a fall? No, you know, I can't say I did. You know, you'll have to listen to the shows and tell, make up your own decision whether I was able to see that bottom. It's very difficult difficult to see any you know that the market's going to fall i did say that we should have a correction i thought the correction would be in september september not october september um but we really the market crashed in october it didn't crash it corrected in october now usually you have a, a, a rally from the october lows well right now the market you know, you could say yesterday with a 500-point move up that, oh, maybe we maybe we'll get a rally. But I don't know if we can say that yet. I'm not convinced. UPS uh, has a PE of 16. Uh, $7.84 is what they're going to make next year, and it's a $113 stock. So it's low uh, as far as a PE ratio. But Home Depot, when we just talked about, and UPS are very cyclical stocks, meaning... They're attached to the economic cycle. So they may continue to fall if the market, if the economy weakens. And I think that's the decision everybody's thinking about. Is the economy going to get weaker? Even the Federal Reserve has considered maybe not raising as much as they said they were going to do in the next year, maybe three times. They're starting to back off that a little bit. So uh, is it a good price to buy? About a hundred dollars, hundred between a hundred and hundred five has been a good place to buy uh, uh, UPS, but right now it's one hundred thirteen. I think it might be a little too late. I don't know if I would be buying at one hundred thirteen. I'd want to buy it cheaper. Okay. Today's main talk. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call. Today's main talking point: the trade face-off between President Trump and Chinese uh, Premier, whatever they call him, uh, Mr. Chi. Uh, remember, we have the G20 coming up next week, and there's going to be a, a, a face-to-face meeting between Trump and and the Chinese leader Xi, and the discussion is going to be all about it's going to be all about trade, uh, trade, and we know that everybody knows that. Are they going to come to any conclusion? The chances are pretty slim. 
Trump is going to want uh, for him to not put up his additional trade barriers, which he says he's pretty sure they're going to go in anyways. He's going to want some big concessions from the Chinese leader. And the Chinese leader, you know, China has been a pretty tough partner. They may not want to bend, even though Trump probably has the stronger hand, you know, than, than, than the Chinese have. Because they need us a lot more than we need them. So there may not be any kind of agreement. But if there is an agreement, expect the market to rally hard. America is going to rally. If there's no agreement, I don't expect the market to get much worse. I really don't. A very interesting dynamic going on there. Okay, let's talk to Cindy in the Bay Area. How are you doing, Cindy? Good. Um, I have a question about Dollar Tree. I've been thinking about, you know, kind of getting rid of Dollar Tree because it's not doing much. Yeah. At what point would you, at what price point would you get out of there? Okay, get out of Dollar Tree. Um, what point I would get out of the stock if I was in it? Yeah, like at what point you, you would consider like dropping too much? Okay. Get out. Okay, okay. It has it drops. It goes to about eighty dollars. That's been it's been down as low as that three times this year and bounced up. Okay. So, and this has been since June, not even the whole year. It, at the beginning of the year, it was much higher at $115. Today, it's at 88 uh, It had a really good day today, up, what, 6% or so? So, $5. It was really a good update today. Not yesterday. Yesterday was a big update in the market. But today, Dollar Tree must have came out with earnings or something that made it run up. Uh, the the value it's it the, it's going to make six dollars next year a share they're going to make five dollars and forty nine cents this year after making four dollars and ninety six cents or eighty six cents this year so the value is pretty pretty good I mean I think the stock is worth closer to a hundred dollars so it's last time it went up to about ninety five dollars and stopped so there's you know between ninety five and hundred dollars is where you probably Take your profits off the table and 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 leave. Dollar Tree operates fourteen thousand discount stores in forty eight states, so it's a pretty you know it's a pretty solid company. Is the cyclicality of the economy is not too bad? Dollar Tree, buy, you know, because it's a discount kind of store, so they do pretty well in a in a, in a slowing economy. So I think you have a good shot at about a hundred dollars, a hundred ninety-five to a hundred dollars a trade, uh, a share, and that's where I would probably get out. Okay, Cindy, good luck with it. DLTR is the symbol. This is Invest Talk. I'm CPs, and I hope you are making the right choices with the money in your 401k. We do have a, a math-based model to guide you uh, called Active 401k, um, and you can check out and get more information on InvestTalk.com. We still have time to take your investing questions. Uh, you can give me a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. We are headed into the final trading sessions of 2018. 
And now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for help with your portfolio. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, Steve and Justin. This is Dwayne from Arkansas, and uh, I've been listening to you guys for quite some time. I really appreciate what you do. I've learned a ton. I'm 35 years old and self-employed, and uh, right now I pretty much make sure and max out uh, mine and my wife. Uh, Ross IRAs. I also have a brokerage account and a 28-unit real estate portfolio. And uh, my core holding in the Ross is a target date 2050 fund, and these are with Vanguard. So my questions are: as far as a buy and hold stock, we're talking 30 plus years. Is it a is it a nice time to get Apple and just hold it for the long haul? I did do that with Microsoft about 10 years ago, and that seems to have been a good decision. And uh, also, uh, what types of stocks and ETFs are best for uh, a Roth IRA at my age, which, again, is 35? Thanks so much, and I hope to hear your answers on the podcast. Okay, um, I would say yes on Apple. We own Apple in our managed accounts, a couple of our managed accounts. Um, Apple is a very good company, very solid, had lots of cash. They're dependent, this, the only hesitation I have is that they're really dependent on their phone sales. But they're trying to move away from just being a phone company. But the, also, they have all that cash. They have a low PE. They are moving away, and they're probably going to be successful long term because they have the, the strength to, be, to do so. They were selling for $225, $230 a share, got down to about $170, $175. they are at $179. Is this a good price? I'd say so. As long as you have that long-term outlook that you're talking about, I think it would be fine. So, yeah, Apple would be one of those kind of core holdings that you could have. Don't overweight in technology. You say you have Microsoft, which is also a good one. I like Microsoft long-term as well. But it don't you don't want to get over uh, overweighted in tech? You never do. So you just be very very careful of that. So yeah, I have no problem with you holding on to Apple long term. Okay, uh, you know we I, I do have a, an email question that came in from Daniel, and he wanted to question talk about Verizon. VZ is the stock symbol. VZ Verizon. Uh, this is also a big blue chip kind of core holding, uh, and they have done very, very well and, you know, actually went up in October instead of down like the rest of the market, and they've also been rallying, probably because of the dividend. The dividend now is only 4.1%, and I say only, be, which is still a very good number, but I say only because it used to be, you know, closer to 6 because the price, you know, has been going up. Um, should you be a buyer of it is really the question. It's $245 billion company. Um, I would wait for a pullback. Personally, on Verizon, I would not try to chase chase the, the, the stock. So just be very, very careful. Okay, that's Verizon. Only a couple minutes left before the break. Everybody here, uh, one minute. So I don't know if we have uh, time to, to go through what uh, the, the term of the day is. We'll, 
Yeah, we may have to do that another time. There, this is Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. Uh, our Thursday program is heading to the finish line, but we still have about 10 minutes. You have time. You know, so give us a call. You can call right now at 888-99-CHART. We're live, and this is the Best Talk. On the next Invest Talk, investors experienced a strong dose of optimism after hearing Fed Chairman Paul say that rates are near neutral. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Dan from San Jose. And I bought Red Hat about a month ago on the dip and uh, was fortuitous enough now with IBM coming in and buying them at 191. The price is slowly edging up towards the deal price. So my question is, is do I sell or hold? And if I hold, that gets transferred to IBM stock. This is a good time to be in IBM. Thanks, guys. I love the show. Okay, this is Red Hat Inc. Uh, provides open source enterprise operation operating systems and related systems management services based on Linux and operating software. It's a thirty-one billion dollar company. They make three dollars. They're going to make three dollars and forty-seven cents this year. And remember, that's an estimate. That's sixteen percent more than last year, and another fifteen percent rise next year to three dollars and ninety-eight cents. And the sales growth is between 15 and 25% each quarter. So, and the stock has really skyrocketed. It went from back in November. I mean, this thing took off from $120 to $170 in one day. Now, that something happened dramatically there. And I kind of feel that that looks like the type of things that when they're at a buyout offer. Yeah, didn't yeah didn't IBM yeah uh, IBM makes a thirty four billion dollar uh, buyout. So okay, so now you have a company taking over a company. So IBM has taken over Red Hat. Therefore, now your price is probably peaked. If you own the stock, you go ahead and take the profits and run. That's what I would say. Because what's what can happen here? What can happen is the deal could go through. I mean the okay the deal goes through. How much higher is it going to go? They already made a bid and the stock went close, always goes to close to the offering price, usually about 90% or closer to whatever the price is. So you've already made the profit. What else could happen? The deal could fall through. It could collapse. That stock goes right back down to where it was $120. You lose all that profit. So I would take it and run. Always take it and run when you get that kind of deal. It's the best, the smartest thing to do. Could it go higher? Of course it could, but your odds are not great. Okay, five retailer tricks to avoid this holiday season. Because retailers are always trying to get you to buy stuff, right? We all know that. Everybody's perfectly understands that. Well, here are some of the tricks they use. They're talking about free shipping. Shipping isn't really free. <clears throat> You're really paying for that. So it's only a gimmick to get you to buy the item. Uh, they offer zero financing. Well, Zero financing is good, but if you, you know, usually you get 90 days free zero financing. If you don't pay it after that period of time, it's not really zero interest rate. They'll 
because they start charging the interest rate from the very beginning if you don't pay it off at the time that the 90-day free is over. Got to be really careful about that. Um, never assume that the original price is what they say that it's a discount from. In other words, they say, oh, 50% discount from the original price. Actually, that was the original price in the first place. They're just, it's a gimmick they use saying that they slash prices to tell you that it's now much cheaper when it was really the original price anyways. Very common. Don't fall for that. Okay. And don't, don't over, don't ever fall for, you know, miss that you're going to miss out that you need to buy it now or else you're going to miss out or there's always that that gimmick that you're going to miss something fear of missing out (coughs) FOMO that is never really true so don't fall for those kind of gimmicks this holiday season really I mean come on you've seen this happen over and over and over again don't buy it don't buy into it um I want to get to, maybe if we can get to it <coughs> by uh, tomorrow, over-parenting in America. In America, there's a, there's a writer, uh, he wrote a book, NYU professor Jonathan Holt, and he wrote a book about people over-parenting. What does that mean? And he's saying that they produced a, a generation of snowflakes, started in 1990. And it's really interesting, and uh, the reason why I find it so interesting is because I have lots of nieces and nephews, and I see this in the parenting of those nieces and nephews. So we're going to share that with you tomorrow. Everybody, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, and I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I want you to have a great, great evening, and we're going to be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll see how the last day of trading day goes for this week. So I'll be back tomorrow. Everybody have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.